Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a fabulous lady here today. Leslie Morris is, Morrison is here. She's written a book. It's called In the Spirit of Home. And so this is about making your home more comfortable, healing the energy in your home. It's a fabulous book. I don't happen to have one in my hands. Do you have one here today, Leslie, that you can hold yeah. up? There you go. And welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here and um, looking forward to the chat today. Yeah, um, we've got lots of good. You've got a great book. Thank you. <laughs> She's thank got you good stories, much. you guys. Let me give you some information about Leslie Morrison. She's in Vancouver, Canada right now. She's been a, she has been a kitchen and bath designer and a personal home consultant for over 10 years. She is the award-winning author of The Healing Wisdom of Birds, which I'm going to ask her about, as well as she's a freelance writer and a ghostwriter, which I think is cool, who writes about home design, spirituality, and nature. Now, her website is thosethingswithwings.com. How fabulous. You know, I want you to tell your story. You started to tell me before we got on the show, but I want you to tell the audience. Why did you write this? Well, my biggest reason for writing this book was um, having been in the industry for so long and being so involved. And, you know, it's a very visual field, obviously, and there's so much emphasis on um, how things look. And that's, you know, we're bombarded with that every day by, you know, people that watch HGTV, or they're looking on Pinterest, um, mm -hmm. it's about getting a certain look. And a lot of people, I think get wrapped up in that. But the more I started working um, with people and my own home that I, I started to feel a little bit different um, in terms of recognizing how space was feeling um, before how a space looked. And I really started to zero in on that perspective and, and work that through sort of my designing philosophy, uh, whether for myself or others. But um, yeah. I, 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 it became such a foundational idea for me. And it's not that it's a new idea. I mean, it, it's woven through a lot of design traditions like feng shui and, yeah. um, and, and other schools of, of design. But um, I don't think a lot of people start there when they go to design or redecorate a home or, or, or build a home or renovate is, is how do I want the space to feel? What kind of function do I want it to have? How do I want it to nurture me um, and my family's needs? Um, it, so so I, I really think that that's where a lot of people are missing opportunities to create um, a very energetically uplifting space is, mm -hmm. is focusing on how it's feeling as well as how it's looking. So uh, and that was primarily my my motivation for writing it is that people don't always look at that side of it. And I think that's where mm -hmm. um, that's where creating the positive energy comes in. Yeah, it is much needed. So I, I applaud you for writing it. And you say we need the right atmosphere, the right energetic pattern. Uh, she says your home should sync up with your inner world if you are to thrive as an infinite creative being. And I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. 
And I mean, if, if you, if you think about, um, I, I personally am very in tune with that. So I think that's where I, I was able to get a lot of this, um, this inspiration, but not everybody is maybe, is maybe good at feeling those things, but, but a lot of people can acknowledge that they'll walk into a room and they just don't want to be in there, but they don't right. necessarily know why. Right. Or, or they'll, they'll, everyone has a favorite room or a favorite spot in a room, but there's a reason why that, that, that draws people in or, or, or pushes people away is because there's something maybe not right. Something lingering, maybe energetically that people just aren't aware of. Um, I've walked into to rooms before and be like, wow, what happened in here? And then, yeah. oh, well, well this, you know, we, we had me and my, my boyfriend just had a really bad fight in here, you know, it's instant. Right. And, and, but a lot of people don't feel that to the point where they can pinpoint why they feel that way. So um, and, but there are a lot of tips and tricks in the book um, for for space clearing. So even yes. if you're not necessarily aware of why a room feels horrible and you don't want to be there, um, you can still go through those processes to try and change that energy and, and rid things that you just can't see. Well, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because my house is on the market and it's very holy in here because I'm, <laughs> I'm a minister and I am very in touch with the divine and I have a lot of angels. Of course, I've tried to clear out, you know, because I'm a realtor. I also know you have to, you know, clear out your own stuff. But everybody who walks through my door feels the energy. Now they're, they're leaving their energy in my house. So I'm going to bring this up because you do talk about how to clear your space in the book, which is nice. She does a chapter on it and it's, you call, I love this. You also talk about the magic of letting go, but we'll talk about that too. But I do sage my house. Um, I open the door. I use white sage. I'm here in New Mexico. So I have it available and I walk through each room and I, I just clear the house and I got to open a a door or a window, you guys. So the negative energy has somewhere to go because people are depositing their energy in my house. Yep. Yep. All the time. And I, and I don't think, I mean, um, to really, I think grasp this idea of, of energetic space clearing. I, I think that there, there has to be a recognition of how much, um, how much we put, how much of our world is energy and that, and that, that is a foundation. And even, if you happen to be, uh, you know, in a room and you're having negative thoughts, or you're um, you're engaging in negative conversations, those are the types of things that that stay and they hover maybe a little bit more heavily. Um, and then you don't you don't know how much stuff you're leaving. So that's why that regular um, intentional space clearing I think is very important. Um, mm-hmm. Just for those aspects that we're maybe not paying attention to, just to to clear it out and keep things moving uh, without stockpiling all this negativity that we don't even know sometimes we're leaving. So right, we're not right now. Another thing that I learned over time that I'll share with you and the audience is cinnamon. If you put a pot of boiling cinnamon on the stove, the properties within the cinnamon will make it into all the nooks and crannies. I should do this today as I'm speaking about it. And and it clears the energy. Well, yeah, because it's something that, and and a lot of people can't do the smoke is why I bring it up, you know, and that helps. I want to back up a little bit. In the book, you also talk about finding the right fit. What type of home, you know, fits Mm -hmm. you. And you tell people to make a list, you know, what's important. Um, You talk about the yard or is it noise or, you know, talk about that a little bit, if you would. 
Um, so, so that part of the book is for, for people that are in a position where they can, you know, maybe they're seeking a new home or they're looking to buy or looking to rent in a new, new area. Um, every type of home and area that, that a home is in is going to carry some type of energy. Um, so if you think about um, uh, condos or apartments, they're obviously going to be drastically different to houses with a bit more um, more open space or country. So it's also about really paying attention to what it is you need to thrive at that point. So um, if you're looking to start a family or you have a family, you know, it's easy to see how being in a little apartment can, can feel cramped and uh, maybe inhibit some of that energy. And obviously not everybody's in a position to do that. So this is sort of something that you can tie in if if you're looking to expand on that. <clears throat> but, but, but just looking at how is a, a big home going to impact me and my family or, or a small condo or living downtown as opposed to a place sort of outside city limits where it's a bit quieter. So again, just just zeroing in on that, how you're you're hoping to feel and what kind of energies you're trying to you know, weave into your life um, that, that, that reflect your home for sure. Yeah. Well, and there's a meditation that you do in the book and I've been doing a meditation and I just want to talk about this a little bit. I want to see what you think. Um, it's one that I've been doing uh, by Maureen St. Germain and it's to release the attachment to the home. Mm. And cause I've been attached that's part. And I want to say this cause people don't realize, you know, you get attached you don't even realize how emotionally attached you get to your house. Yeah. And so I've been doing a releasing and I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I've looked at different places, but I love what you say. Um, there's a mantra that you say in the book, you say, I release, this is what you should say, you guys, if you're not sure where you're going to go or what you're going to do, I release all expectations and allow the universe to guide me to my perfect home. Yeah, and I think that's very important because we do get fixated on the ideas of what we want or we think we should have. Right. And a lot of times I think that I honestly think that that blocks us from getting something perhaps even better that we maybe haven't thought of yet. So, you know, yeah. I want it to be here. I want it to be on, you know, this neighborhood. It has to have this, this, and this, and this. But or this color or whatever. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So, so and, and I think that's true in a lot of cases, whether it's, you know, looking for a new job or a new life partner or whatever it might be. I think we just get overly fixated on the idea of what we think we should have instead of just letting things come to us as we need them. So I think that's really important for for if you are looking for a new home and and just to kind of let the floodgates open and, and let sort of things come to you and not be so fixated on all these little details um, to a point. I mean, obviously, there are things that we know will make us comfortable but maybe just let go of that stranglehold we have on things sometimes right. we have to have this and it has to be that. And it has to be, right. you know, now. So, so yeah, maybe just, uh, <laughs> well, right now, yeah. Right now. I want to say that about timing and then we'll go to commercial break. You guys, we are on um, binge TV today, but we're going to be doing the podcast as well. We, we are recording this for Apple podcast and for Spotify and TogiNet radio actually produces the podcast. So we're going to be breaking every uh, 12 minutes or so because of that. But I want to address uh, that a little bit because um, what you're saying is, you know, you hold on to what you really want and the universe may have something completely better for you. Yep. And I've, I've ever, seen it over and over. It's, and it's hilarious when you realize you're doing it and you just, okay, I'm just going to let go. 
<laughs> well, and the time thing too, like, you know, I'm like, oh, it has to happen now. And when you said that it hit home because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, it has to happen now, but it's yeah. not in my timing. It's in divine timing. Exactly. And I, and that's our biggest problem. I think and that's our ego. I think it is what, what, what we do. And it's a, it probably isn't meant to happen right now or it would have happened already. <laughs> Exactly. I love it. All right. We're going to go to break. I'm here today with Leslie Morrison. Her book is In the Spirit of Home. This is Nancy Yerell. This is High Road to Humanity. And we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and I want to thank all of my listeners for supporting High Road to Humanity. You can listen to High Road to Humanity on TogiNet Internet Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. The show is now streaming on Binge TV Networks. Just search for High Road to Humanity. If you guys are interested in a spiritual reading or coaching, visit my website, nancyyerald.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and this is High Road to Humanity, and I'm here today with Leslie Morrison. She's joining us from Canada today, and I'm so excited she's here. Her book is In the Spirit of Home. Her website, by the way, is leslieamorrison.com, and that's L-E-S-L-E-Y-A is her middle initial, Morrison, M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N.com, if you'd like to check it out. So I want to make sure that we got that proper for you today. Leslie, you know... I got to tell you, as I'm getting ready to, I have too much stuff. I want to talk about this. This is because this is a major situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, my kids are grown. Yeah. I've given them all that I can. They're so far away that there's a lot of yeah. stuff I can't even give them. So yeah. I've gone through closets. I've thrown stuff away. I've, I've got boxes of books. Obviously, I interview a lot of people. And so I just have all these books. I'm going to give some of those away. I've got clothes to give away to the, you know, to the women's shelter or the, you know, Salvation Army, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I still have too much stuff. I have too much furniture. Um, you know, I've done Craigslist. That didn't work out. I don't know. Talk to us about this stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I just went through a, a major get, you know, a major purge myself. And I just now, um, mustered the courage to donate my daughter's baby clothes and she's almost eight <laughs> so I've been hoarding those oh <laughs> for that long and I, I recently gifted a bunch of uh, my books to my oldest son and I'm um, just out of the sheer knowledge that you know I'm not using these baby clothes I'm I'm not reading these books you know so it's time to let that energy go to someone else and and share the energy but we're all very guilty of it it's a a universal thing. And we, 
a lot of times I think we just keep things because we have a, maybe have a memory of it, uh, some kind yeah. of emotional attachment to it. Because you know, it's sentimental and that's usually where we get stuck and that's where it goes in a box and it stays in the basement or in the garage or, you know what, I should probably hang on to this in case the new one I just bought doesn't work. So there, there, there's a, there's a, here somewhere in letting go um and i think it in it, it, it it's it's a strange um it's not something we do coming from a, a place of being in the present so i think hanging on to stuff is either coming from the past or some fear of lack in the future so if you're really zeroing in on the present and your energy right now that's where you need to look at this stuff from is not what happened or how I got it or why I'm holding on to it or if I may need it in the or somebody future. gave it to me and I, I feel bad if I give I feel it away. guilty about giving it away yeah, yeah that so, too right and if you, but if you're not using it and it, it, essentially you're not you're not benefiting from it. It, it the the purpose of the gifting I think is gone if you're storing it or not using it or don't necessarily like it so now that's just self-honesty so that's that's getting past the the, yeah. the little hurdles that we create psychologically with getting rid of stuff. And, and I don't know if it, it maybe comes from a fear of lack in a, with a lot of people, you know, it's better to have an extra or hang on to this in case than to live in the present without, without fear, right? Or, right. or attachment. No, you're exactly right. I was a single mom for many years. And so, mm -hmm. it's, and, and here's the interesting part, you know, about life. I'll just throw this out there, you know, you, you don't have these things when you're younger. And so you want all these cool things. And yeah. then as you get older, you've accumulated all the stuff. Yeah. But then you find it's just stuff. It is. And, yeah. you know, and then it's like, well, I don't need all this stuff. Like I probably have five sets of pans, dot pots and pans. Yeah. And I need to literally go in and just keep one set and give the rest away. You yeah. know, because there's somebody out there who needs pots and pans, right? Yeah, really. Yeah. And yeah. I do believe that that's that's what it is, and 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 we're just. And, yeah. and I do believe a lot of it is, if it's not sentimental, it, it's probably fear based. And well, what if I need this? What if something happens and I need this? But yeah. you know, from right a perspective of right now, you don't need it, and you've admitted you don't need it, so it's time to let it go. Um, and the, what the, the, the psychological effect it creates is, is wonderful every single time. It feels amazing to okay. offload stuff. It feels really good. So I encourage people, even just little steps at a time, um, is to go through the drawers and the boxes and, and just make an honest assessment of what, what you can lighten and, and, and let go and pass along. Yeah. You say, does it have purpose? Does it make you happy? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. And then you see keeping things. I thought this was interesting. You said keeping things that are broken can damper the energy. Yep. Yeah. Talk about that. I never thought about that. Well, and, I, and I, that's also a part of uh, feng shui. Anyone who's, who's going to do a little bit more digging into that area. If you yeah. know, using broken dishes or um, using things that have holes or tears or things like that, I, I think really takes away from its purpose and its ability to nurture you because you're, you're using things that, that, that aren't um, in a state of perfection. And so from, you know, a feng shui perspective, that's, that's not good energy. It's not good chi. It's not benefiting you because it's, it, it in itself is not healthy. Okay. Um, so that's, that was an interesting perspective for me to, to look at too. Like, you know, you're right. I don't need to keep this plate if it's cracked because it's, it's cracked. It's bad. It's done. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, I love that you did. I love feng shui. I love that you did a chapter about feng shui. You say in Taoism, everyone is taught to go with the flow. We should all be taught when we're little to go with the flow. We should, yeah. And you talk about the elements of water and you say, because I have a water feature. It's really not a water feature. It's actually for my cat to drink, but everyone thinks it's a water feature. I think <laughs> it counts. It still counts. <laughs> um, you say fire. So I guess it would be a fire in the fireplace or a candle burning, something yeah. like that. Because um, you want you to include the elements. This, I'm talking about feng shui now. We're going to hit feng shui a little bit mm-hmm. here because it's super important. I didn't think wood. I didn't know what to do with wood. I have a lot of wood in my house, but you said fresh flowers. Yeah, just anything that brings in that nature element, that earthy element. And and I mean, some people maybe can't have real plants in their house. Maybe they've got pets that eat them or they've got allergies or plants. But um, if, if you can, I mean, adding some some fresh plants or, or flowers in are always a really nice idea. And um, mm-hmm. it, it is just so important to make sure you're not overdoing um, a certain energy because you will feel certain effects from that. And water, I think too much water can make you... Um, a little wishy-washy or a little bit too relaxed. We were just talking about me being on Vancouver Island and the the strong water energy, I mean, can make people just a little bit, you know, yeah. (laughs) Maybe in your home, you need to be a little bit more grounded and motivated. So it's nice to have that balance of not having too much water, um, but still having having enough representation of water where um, there is an equal balance. and, And that's just the natural flow of things in nature i like that and metal you say and i have some chimes and you say bell Mm -hmm. chimes accent tables things like that um, can really make a difference and i think it does now this is interesting i i and i've given myself i always put myself out there you i don't know how many shows you watch if you watch my show but i always give myself as an example so people understand what's going on Um, i have a common wall on one side of my house. And so I, since I've lived here and I've lived here 20 years, you're going to crack up. I put a mirror up. And the reason I do it is I reflect back that energy, whatever it is, excuse me, that could be coming through the common wall back to them. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, and mirrors are, are huge in feng shui, whether they call them the aspirin yeah. of feng shui. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got the bagua. Now, yeah. I want to ask about the bagua because I don't, it has eight sides. And I want to know where you're supposed to place it. Well, there's two versions of feng shui. Okay. Um, there's two ways of doing it now. And I, I do stress in the book, I'm not a certified feng shui practitioner no so if, if anybody no is looking for more you know there's so many resources out yep. there and some of them are listed in the book yeah uh, but there are different schools of feng shui so sometimes um you have to stand in you know in a certain direction and place the bagua over the, the map of your home okay. um, and, in, and then there's another school where um you you take direction from wherever your front door is Okay. So, so I would definitely recommend doing your research because there's On the bagua. <laughs> so just, so I need to look up. So if my front door, does it need to be facing the front door or you don't know? Uh, standing at the front door looking right. in your house. Oh, you do it. Um, is okay. one way of doing it. Yeah. And then there's okay. another one that is um, strictly directional and it doesn't matter where your house what does is it facing. Do? What's it do, Leslie? The bag with the bagua or the yeah. direction? 
No, the bagua. Oh, the <laughs> so it's basically like it's a it's a map to show you where different sectors in your home are. So it's going to show you um, where west is and where east is, and then it's going to tell you what elements govern those parts of your home. And then depending on, um, but then you look at that space. Okay, so so this sector governs my wealth and my my money coming in. What's going on? You know, is that the is that the you know, a specific place I happen to have a garbage bin located. So oh. maybe don't want that, right? So just little things like that that pinpoint where things are in your home, what, okay. what corners or what rooms to look into. Okay. Because every every part of a home um, in feng shui governs a certain part of your life and, and things coming in. So that's why the bagua is important for mapping that space out um, to know where everything is so that you know what kind of cures or, or things to apply or what elements might be missing in there. Gotcha. All right. We're going to break now, guys. When we come back, I'm going to ask her about different rooms in the house. So I'm here today, you guys, with Leslie Morrison. She's joining us from Vancouver, Canada. Her book is In the Spirit of Home. This is Nancy Uralt. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Help me, TogiNet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Leslie Morrison. We're talking about your home. We're talking about how to make the energy really great in your home because where you live really makes a difference. And when you come home, that's kind of like your sanctuary. So, you know, Leslie covers all these different rooms that we have in our homes in the book. And um, let's start with the entryway. What do you have to tell us about the entryway? You say, how to let the world in the front door. 
Well, I mean, I think the entryway is, um, it's the first place that people see, first of all, when they come to your house, but it's also the, the space that is welcoming you into your home. Um, and many ancient cultures put great significance into the entryway as being sort of like a portal that, that separates your private sanctuary from the, the public world. So I do think it's very important. Um, and, and, it, and if you pay attention to that, you can allow that energy to change as you come home or, or when you invite people in. There's that real sense of separation and the space is personal. Um, so paying attention to your front entryway is, is keeping it clear, keeping it in good repair. Um, I, I know a lot of people that like to keep dead plants on their front step. And that's <laughs> it's, it's not something I would recommend. But it really it really shows, I think, the world. Um, who you are. How, how you, yeah, and how you respect your space and who you are and yeah. and what sorts of energies you're inviting into your home. And that's really important too. Like, what am I trying to call in through my front door? If we look at it that way, I think everybody would look at their front entryway a lot differently is, wait, what's here is what is the first stuff that's coming in. So if you're walking in your front door at the end of the day and you're kicking away shoes and bags and sporting equipment or whatever, that's frustration. You know, as soon as you walk in the door, that's frustration, that's yeah. clutter, that's not peace, right? So it's it's about making that clear and, and setting the tone for, for the space and everything that's coming into the home. So what do you want your home to represent? You know, my front entryway is very clear. I've got luscious uh, green trees I have right at the front door. I have, and then coming in, I have, um, it's open, it's spacious. I have a chair. I have you know, a place for everything, but there's never clutter. That is my, if, if anywhere else in the home, whatever, but my, my entryway is, is clear. All right, I have a question while you're talking about this. Sure. Now, my entryway is, is nice. I've got plants outside and it's open and it's clear, but I never come in the front door. I always yep. come in my yep. garage because I pull the car in the garage and then yep. I walk in my kitchen. Yep. And a lot of people have actually said that to me. So it, it, <laughs> yeah. So what's yeah. the deal with that? <laughs> so I think still from an energetic standpoint, that front entryway being clean and clear and tidy is a good representation still okay. of what you're trying to invite in. But obviously, wherever you're actually entering, I would make sure it was always clear and tidy as well, and that you're not tripping over things coming in because it's to me. I look at everything symbolically. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. No, so no. So to true. me. But just having that, um, having that space clear, because it, to me, it is representative of um, what's coming into your house um, as, as the front door. It is the primary portal from the outside world to your space. So being right. mindful of that, I think all entryways should be clear, tidy and, and um, nice for you and, and people coming in because it's just it provides that it's sense welcoming. of it's welcoming. welcoming. It's welcome home. Yeah. Welcome to your sanctuary. And that's the feeling you're going for. Right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the kitchen. I kind of picked different rooms that I would, thought would be interesting to discuss. Um, you say the kitchen, of course, is nourishing the body and the soul. Now, I cook a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big kitchen person. I've got a counter where people can sit. It's kind of yeah. like the gathering spot in my house is the kitchen. Yeah. Talk about this. Yeah. When it's, that was interesting for me because I've, I've been very heavily involved in kitchen design for a very long time. So it's, okay. um, it's interesting to see people's perspectives on the kitchen. 
Um, and, and oftentimes it's the space that gets um, looked at last in home renovations. It's a very costly renovation um, and it's a very intrusive renovation. So I think a lot of people just put it aside. So, but it really is. I mean, a lot of us use the kitchen for so many things. It is where everyone has gathered and, and, and there's an interesting history of the kitchen. It's slowly developed over, you know, the, the, decades from from one decade to another it, it never used to be the hub of a home it was just right. where food was made and nobody it was kept in the corner it. right exactly yeah. yeah the very back of the house nobody needs to know about the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> but now it has become where we do everything i mean some yeah. people work in the kitchen you can have multiple people cooking you can be teaching your children how to bake you know over the holidays um, while people are sitting around enjoying drinks or whatever, but it is such um, an important space to our culture now yeah. um, that I that I think people really need to look at the, the the strength of it in terms of, you know, is it in good repair or doors falling off the hinges? Do I have drawers full of stuff and I can't find anything, you know? It, so organization, I think, is a big thing um, for keeping your kitchen functional if it's going to act in that way where it's helping you nourish yourself and your family. So just, just keeping things in good repair. Not everybody can afford a kitchen renovation. It's, it's right. very, it can be very expensive. So there are little things you can do. If, if nothing else, make sure things aren't broken. Uh, make sure the appliances are working properly. Make sure your appliances are relatively clean regularly um, and drawers are organized and find a way to make your kitchen functional. Mm -hmm. And I think you can do wonders with it just like that. I love it. I've always wanted a fireplace in my mm. kitchen because in Me ancient times like you go to scotland you know i've been to scotland yeah. and they had the they had the big fireplaces in the kitchen oh, and then i always thought wouldn't that be fabulous yep yep I, I love it and a pizza oven god that'd be awesome wouldn't that be fabulous? <laughs> i'm going for the stone yeah. I, I would love to have a you know that's one of my dreams yeah. But there, but it can be. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very interesting place, and it's got a lot of fire energy going on. But there's also water energy. So you've just just keeping that in mind and keeping it in good repair because you are. Um, and even if you don't use the kitchen regularly to cook, um, just keeping it in good repair, I think, is important, just symbolically, because it is still representative of that um, that energy within your home. Okay, let's talk about the bedrooms. Um, magical places to dream and restore. The bedrooms are really um, important place. I want to ask you about this. I do have a television in my room, but I rarely, rarely watch it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say it's not good to have TVs in your rooms, uh, in your bedroom. Um, I want to know what you think about. Talk, talk to me about the the bedroom. So I, I have found, I know personally a lot of people that don't put a lot of emphasis on their bedroom as a restful oh. place. And it's, and, it, and it's just, those are the kinds of things I've picked up over the years is, um, and my mother was very bad for that too. She used to use her room as a storage room uh, oh. Oh. and she was, and she was always so drained. She was always so drained and never felt rested. And it was, you know, why are there piles of boxes in your room? You know, and it, so just these little things that I've noticed over the years and people, you know, leaving clothes or, and I'm guilty for clothes. I must admit. Yeah, <laughs> I think the girls are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, but it is so important because after everything we do in a day, that is the place that we go to rest. And, and if we designate that as a place to restore um, and rejuvenate um, intentionally, 
I think the, 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 the effects of that are good. I don't personally like uh, technology in the bedroom, right. but I work in my bedroom too. So it's, it's finding, it's finding a way, but often what I'll do is I'll take a painting and I'll put it in front of the screen when I go to bed. Oh. Um, so it kind of blocks that black screen, that energy. Um, Cause a lot of people think, you know, in terms of screens, they're, they're sort of like mirrors and they have that sort of mystical, magical property. So I like to put a painting in front of my screen at the end of the day. And then I don't see it when I go to bed. Um, and I and like it, that. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, to me, visually, I forget that it's there. And then that's my way of blocking out whatever, right. whatever might be there, but and not everybody, but I don't recommend it because I think just, just the, the stuff that um, electronics emit, I think can, can influence oh. the person's sleep. Yeah. So, and that's, that can be a personal thing. Some people, yeah, Matt, you guys, I put a yeah. Faraday, I visualize a Faraday cage around my bed mm -hmm. before Very I go to bed, you guys, to yeah. keep the EMF and that kind of stuff off. I want to mention really quick before we go to break, um, I have a rose quartz that I keep in my bedroom. I also have other crystals. I have a black, um, I think, I don't know if it's onyx. I just have different crystals. I'm a crystal person and I think crystals in the rooms. And I want to ask you about this before we go to break. I just feel like the energy, it really helps. Like I have them around my computer. I have them in my living room to kind of dispel the negative, uh, vibes that come off the TV. You know what I mean? Talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I do that too. I have, um, yeah. I have tur tourmaline in my room. Um, and I okay. also have amethyst mm -hmm. um, that I keep for dreams usually, or just, you know, um, spiritual work. Um, yeah. But I keep a lot of clear quartz around the house, um, like by right. the front door in the kitchen, but it does, I think it just creates sort of like a um, yeah, like you said, it absorbs. I think it deflects and it, and it is very important to have those, those natural elements around the house that does that and around the computer for sure, because I really think it helps buffer yeah. against all those energies. That energies. I actually have an off and I've showed this to the audience before, but I put selenite in the corner yeah. of my house. I have selenite in my pillow. I have it next to my bed, I have it in my living room, I have it on my computer, because it doesn't have to be cleared. And it's probably, I think, the most powerful uh, energy to dispel. So it's yeah. selenite, it's not expensive. And it's beautiful. Uh, and you can get it in like candle holders and lamps. And, and every, that's, yeah, that's get a beautiful way to keep that soft energy for sure. Right. All right. Yeah. We're going to commercial break. We'll be back here with our last segment. I'm here today with Leslie Morrison. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. 
When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. I'm back here today with Leslie Morrison, and we're talking about our home. Her book is In the Spirit of Home. Hold your book up again, would you? Leslie, I don't have a copy. It's really a nice cover. I love it. I love I'll send cat. you a signed copy. <laughs> hey, oh, God bless you. Thank you. I have a, uh, I've got a cat. So I was like, oh, wow, this totally reminds me of my house, right? Um, so we talked about the bedrooms. We talked about the kitchen. Talked a little bit about the baths. Cleansing from the outside in, you say. I like that. Yeah, no, and and anyone looking to redo a bathroom, I think is um, um, is a, is a great way to acknowledge that sort of um, idea of self care. I, I don't think a lot of us put the right efforts or energies into that sometimes, and we're we're very busy people, and I think a lot of times we neglect the state of our our bathroom. So, um, it, it, if you look at it primarily from an aspect of um, refreshing and rejuvenating, sort of like the bedroom, but you're cleansing. So, so if you're having a shower in the morning or at night or a bath, going in with the intention of cleansing um, mm-hmm. and and getting rid of sort of the day's energies. You know, I hear people say, "Go have a shower to wash off the day." It's it's, the, yeah. it's that's that principle, right? Is you're you're going in with the intention of releasing any energies that that have maybe stockpiled over the day and really focusing on self care. So 
for a bathroom, you can do some really simple tips and tricks with a, a full renovation. Like um, I like fluffy bath mats and, and having um, having sort of a stack of fluffy clean towels in good shape, I think is always a good idea. Um, because the idea of that you're worth pampering, I think should always be a part of your, um, you, you know, your, your routine, right? So you can buy fluffy white towels and, it, and it's fine. You deserve it. You deserve to have yeah. um, self-care on a daily basis. And I like smelly things. So nice, you know, all natural smelly bath salts or bath oils, just little things like that to just reflect the idea of self-pampering and, and that you're worth um, the effort to, to, yeah. to do that. So I it's love very that. important. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I take, uh, I get the Epsom salts. Yeah. And I, I always feel like the salt, uh, cleanses, gets the energy off of me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it and comes. it's so simple, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go into a major bathroom renovation. I, I've always focused more on just the stuff I put in the bathroom and, and, and I want it to just look cozy and peaceful when I go in and uh, make sure it's clean. Obviously it's, <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. important but yeah just yeah. the idea of self-care and self-pampering um right. is is important for for i think overall well-being okay let's talk about the living room you say getting cozy with the elements i like that the living room is is fun i've always enjoyed living rooms ever since i was a kid you know i used to i used to rearrange the furniture i think at least once a month when i was a kid oh seriously <laughs> Oh, right from, oh, wow. I think, seven, I was begging my parents, you know, can I please move the house around? <laughs> because <laughs> oh, I was no. so sensitive. And, and, and when things oh. stay stay in the same position for a long time, I really get agitated. I like change. I like the constant okay. direction of energy. So I was always rearranging the living room. Um, and I still do, you know, it's just a habit of mine. But the living room, it, it, it can be fun, but it can also be tricky because a lot of people spend time in the living room. So you're accommodating potentially um, family, guests, you know, whoever is spending time. So it's important to make sure it's a room that's functional, but that also um, allows people to to maybe do different activities. So I, I, I think I've got in the book uh, a part about maybe allowing a spot where somebody could read or somebody could comfortably watch TV or look out the window um, and really paying attention to um, how furniture is placed so that you're not creating any blockages for people to get in and out easily and, and move around each other. And my my favorite uh, technique before I or while I'm working on a living room is I stand at the entryway and I just stare at it for a very, very long time. <laughs> and then I start to get idea and I just try, I try different things. I walk around and um, it can take a few tries, but it's definitely wheels or what? <laughs> no, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> but, but that's my approach. I just stare at the space. Where are your, like, it, where's the fireplace? Where's the window? Where's the entryway? And then, just sort of navigating mentally where I think everything should go and then just trying it out and seeing how it feels and, and maybe letting it sit for a day or two and then nope, that doesn't work. So and then really play around with that and see how everybody's using that space. Right. You talk about home office. I have a home office and uh, I know you said you had a home office. It's, um, you know, this where I'm sitting right now is really where I do all my important work. I do all my real estate work here. I do my personal business. I do all my shows, you know, and it's really like my space. Um, and I don't know, it's got a, it's got a special feel to it. 
because yeah. you know and I want it to be like that talk about this talk about your your space well I I think everybody who is working from home or does a lot of um you know, important work from home should have a space that that makes them feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know what it's like to to work in a, a small room with no windows. I know what it's like to work with the wrong lighting. Um, yeah. I don't think it's it's nourishing um, productivity and inspiration if if things aren't right. So, um, natural light I think is very important in an office space or a home office space. Um, airflow I think is very important as well. Mm-hmm. And making sure you're surrounded with things that um, energize but not overstimulate. So, like I, I wouldn't, depending on the type of work you do, I probably wouldn't recommend really bright colors um, mm-hmm. and and bright lighting for you know home offices if you know unless you're an artist and you you need that but um that's where the personal aspect comes in is really zeroing in on what it is what grounds me what focuses me and what what keeps me sort of um in a place where i work productively and and that's a very personal touch as well but everybody should have a space um dedicated to where they do that work because we do tend to overwork and i think it's important to be able to shut that off that's uh, true. So, yeah, energetically just walking away, closing the door or putting up the painting to block the screen, whatever it might be, is is keeping that to its own little world. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, I want to touch really briefly on um, you go through, um, you have a whole chapter, what science says about your sanctuary. Talk a little bit about that. If you have a, you know, if you'll give us some pointers, what what does science say about our sanctuary? Well, I, I, I really like that chapter because there's so much research on, out there right now. And I think it's becoming more, it's coming more to the forefront in architecture and design as, as to how space actually impacts us on a psychological level. Okay. Um, and it used to be maybe something people went, oh yeah, that's just whatever. But, but the, the, a lot of it is rooted in science now and people are discovering um, how bringing plants into a home or, or, or it's called biophilic design, which is really interesting for anyone um, interested in that is how green space actually affects us and how um, architects and designers are working that into space now because of the positive effects. So a lot of scientific evidence, like how we respond to light, how we respond to color, um, it is actually very real. And I encourage people to explore um, that to a greater extent and really pay attention to how our physical space is impacting us on a daily, daily basis. Right. And, and, it, and, and there is a lot of good scientific research out there. And I encourage people to go and, um, and, and check these resources out and, and learn more because it is, it's very, very real. And we are very impacted by space, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know why my watch just went off guys. I apologize. <laughs> that never happens. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think so. In color, you know, you talk about color. I thought that was really interesting. Um, you talk about the color red and the color orange and blue. You know, I grew up in a house. I want to get your feel on this. <laughs> I grew up in a house where my mom's had everything blue. Oh, okay. And I, and all I wanted to do was paint my room yellow. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, no, you know, yeah. and I couldn't have the yellow room. So now that I'm, I have art since I've been older and have my own house and stuff, I like the oranges. I yeah. like the reds. I like the yellows. Yeah. And so 
it's hard growing up because you're kind of like, like your parents, it looked like they let you do what you want, but sometimes oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't get to that freedom until you're out on your own, but color makes a difference. Oh, for sure. And, and that's why I have actually a chapter in there specifically for kids because you, kids, obviously everybody has a, re- a reaction and response to color and space. And if you're insisting that your child be around certain colors and they're not responding to those colors, Um, I I think there's room there for a lot of agitation or a lot of, you know, mixed, uh, mixed emotions. And and I'm, I firmly believe that children should have say in how they, how they, what colors they choose for their rooms, because it's very important and have it being around colors that don't nurture you or that maybe on some level you are repulsed by or don't gravitate to, I think can be very distressing on a subconscious level. So yeah, um, I let my kids in the rooms, whatever color they wanted. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people should, you know, within reason. Um, And I, I have, you know, I I always with my kids anyway, I've done like color tests and, you know, I've, I've put things out in different color groups and it's very interesting to see which ones they go for. And even textiles, you know, you might think that, that, you know, that your daughter wants the fairy princess theme, but it, it might be something completely different. You know, my daughter really likes woodsy things and, oh. and, and furs and bears and things like that. So it's, mm. you might think that your child wants something, but it might be completely opposite. And I think it's part of their development to know um, how, how they respond to their environments too, no matter what age. And then we teach them about um, how to respond to space and, and how to, you know, how to, sleep properly and how to have that relationship with sleep so yeah well it's one of my favorite chapters no it is it is you know I have to say I really like that you talked about color and yeah my mom not letting me do that changed how I worked with my kids I was like oh yeah definitely and one did a bright yellow which was like okay whatever and I think the other one did like a purple this is years ago now but you know, it's, it's hard as a parent, you want to give them that freedom so they can express themselves, just like you said, so mm-hmm. they feel comfortable. Yeah, well, and they should, and we, we all should. And that's where we all need to start looking at our spaces. Do I really like that purple wall? Or do I really like that everything's brown? Yeah, you know, it's, it's probably not right. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of people just kind of, you know, it's oh well, I'm, I, I'll stick with it, because it's neutral, and it's safe, but it might not be nourishing right it might not be giving beneficial yeah yeah so so again how is it feeling you know how is it making me feel and 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 putting more emphasis on that I think is very important okay I'm so glad you came today I could do a whole nother hour with you (laughs) (laughs) Leslie talking about this stuff all right her name is Leslie Morrison she's out of Vancouver Vancouver Canada her book is in the spirit of home. And I know you guys can pick it up at Amazon or at your local bookstore. It's published by Llewellyn. And um, anything you want to leave us with today? No, I I just encourage people to get out there and um, look at your space in some new ways. And um, we're heading into the fall. So it's a good time to think about getting cozy and, and maybe refreshing things up a little bit with some new throw pillows and blankets and, and, and trying out some new colors, maybe. But um, just be mindful of, of how you're interacting with your space. And, and I'm, I'm just encouraging people to um, take a deeper look um, and an intuitive look at their space so they can enjoy their home. 
I love it. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on. You guys, we got to get out of here for today. If you'd like a psychic reading, if you'd like an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, and you can book your date and time. Thanks again for coming on, you guys. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. We will see you next time. Everybody take care and God bless. Please join me next time on The High Road with stories full of love and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on TogiNet Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now watch The High Road on Binge TV Networks. My channel is High Road to Humanity. Have a blessed week and know by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, visit my website, nancyyearout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your messages from the angels. And God bless. (laughs) 